0: You're about to listen to a special preview edition of the Grant Williams podcast, featuring my very special guest, Danielle DiMartino Booth. And she and I are about to go deep into the personalities and the processes at the heart of the Federal Reserve. It seems to me that it's finally dawning on many people that the Federal Reserve is at the heart of everything, from politics to the economy. And who better to guide us through that particular maze than a woman who spent nine years in the belly of the beast alongside Richard Fisher at the Dallas Fed? every episode of the grant williams podcast including the end game the super terrific happy hour and the narrative game is available to copper silver and gold tier subscribers at my website grant-williams.com copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter things that make you go hmm so if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high quality content like it please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today and with that Please enjoy the show. Danielle, so good to see you. It's been a long time since we've seen each other in person, but it's nice to see you virtually with a real background behind you, no less.
1: Real background. I'm not going to fade away. No, that I'm, virtual I'm right here. nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see you too, Greg. we're going to have to figure... Sometime in Vegas in 2022. Can we just have a can, can we have a virtual theoretical plan? Vegas in 2022. I love that okay. idea.
0: I love that idea. Well, look, you know, this is the perfect time for you and I to chat because uppermost in everybody's mind right now is the sweet spot for you. Everyone is focusing on the Fed, everyone's looking at all the kind of Machiavellian moves behind the scenes and betting odds and all kinds of stuff. And, and we'll I think we'll come back to the you know, the kind of quote unquote insider trading stuff a little later on. So I think it's worth talking about. But but most importantly, I think so it's, all,
1: it's all interlinked. Yeah, it, it, that,
0: that's it, left too exactly right, and that, and that's why I'm just so overjoyed to have this chance to talk to you of all people because you have a much better inside track on most of the people out there commenting on this stuff, including me. So let's start with, I guess, the top job because there's obviously an awful lot of talk. There's an awful lot of money being bet on various outcomes in this. How do you see the whole Powell renomination thing? And then let's pick apart all the bits that you think are important to it.
1: So I think, um, I think what we need to realize is that when Janet Yellen came out publicly on September the 12th and said, I'm putting my weight behind Powell, and she, she put a rumor out several weeks before that, so his probability started to rise. But on mm-hmm. September the 12th, when she made the formal announcement on PredictIt.org, uh, his probability rose to 92%. And that's where it peaked on September the 12th. So fast forward, you know, it's come down... You know, the day that Lael Brainerd leaked his his financials to some left wing, whatever organization, he fell down as low, I think, as 60 percent.
0: Sixties in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So but it was six zero. Uh, He has since popped back up as high as 78. He's at 71 percent today uh, as we speak, because news came out that not only had had President Biden invited Powell up to the hill, he subsequently had invited Lale Brainerd up to the hill for an interview. So that's why he's come off of his kind of 75, 78 percentage mm-hmm. down to 71%. Um, but the reason he stays as high as he is is pretty critical to the conversation. If you're talking about who is truly going to become chair, and that's because he's confirmable. And that's right. what I think the media is missing. Because if you look at Brainerd, you know, she peaked out, I think she peaked out at three zero or three 2 32 percent. Maybe she broke 30 percent, but she's been hovering in the 20s. She's at twenty nine percent maybe today. Mm-hmm. But she's been hovering in the 20s for one critical reason, you know, beyond Sherry Brown, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren. She's not confirmable. They're not going the, the same as Omarova was not, you know, going to be part of the equation. Your vast majority of moderate Democrats, forget Republicans, that's they're not even part of the discussion. But your vast majority of moderate Democrats in America are not willing to sign on to some dream team that's going to implement socialism in America via negative interest rates. Maybe Kenneth Rogoff could come in for the party and penalize people for holding for holding cash and use a central bank digital currency to get to the unbanked, have all, all treasuries cleared uh, through a clearinghouse, uh, use a central bank d- digital currency so that if there's a run, everybody goes straight to the Fed, and you thereby form a conduit through which to deliver universal basic income, which would mm-hmm. be socialism in America. That's why her that's why she can't break north of 30%, because she's not confirmable. And that's why Powell, Powell's numbers remain as high as they are, but they're also not as high as they necessarily should be. And the doubt that lingers is why whenever you see anything come up about you know Powell at risk and or debt ceiling at risk. That's the only thing that markets react to. Markets okay. are at all time highs, give or take, knowing that we're going to into an earnings recession. I mean, that's like it's you know if markets price in the future, that's their job. The stock market is priced in an earnings recession, and it's moved past that. It's like, okay, fine, we'll deal with it when it comes. It doesn't matter as long as the liquidity continues to get pumped out, but we're not also at risk of negative interest rates or doing something wacky like the Europeans or the Japanese and killing the conventional banking system. And so that's why markets are keying off of two things right now. And that's debt ceiling and who's going to be running the Fed. And now we're down to four vacant positions and it's yeah. becoming increasingly apparent that the Biden administration the only word that i can use is paralyzed because they they really don't know what to do they don't know if they can you know gauge it, engage in another battle with the progressives because they want so badly for this other infrastructure social spending bill to go through so they're trying to pick and choose their battles but you know we were told publicly the white house released a uh, released publicly that by labor day we will have announced who will be chair and vice chair nominees. And I don't think it's Labor Day anymore.
0: Right. Well, let's talk about Brainerd for a second because I totally understand what you're saying about her not being confirmable for all those reasons. But you know, to me, unlike Supreme Court justices, there is enough technicality around central bank head appointees that all the things you talk about, which I agree with you 100% on, I don't know how many uh, voting members understand the transmission mechanisms of what you've spoken about. And so I wonder if Brainerd is possibly confirmable, if you get the right media narrative that sways some of these people who are going to vote for her. Is that a possibility? Or do you think it's a flat-out zero chance at this point?
1: I think it's it's a flat-out zero chance, but for an ironic reason. Okay. And I think had Omarova not gotten the massive amount of media that she did in a negative way that that most people in Congress and their aides wouldn't have a blueprint with which to guide their bosses to argue against Brainerd. It's not that they understand the intricacies and the arcaneness of central clearing of treasuries and CBDCs. And it's it's not that it's it's that they've already had a, a test trial by by trying to slay somebody else in the media who very explicitly laid out exactly how a CBDC would be implemented, mm-hmm. you know, all for all transmission mechanism. I mean, it's it's that they've already done the homework. They don't they're taking the test for the second time. And I'm speaking in terms of right. aids of, of 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 the members of Senate, the members of the committee is that they've already gone through the exercise.
0: So what happens to these four seats and what happens to Brainerd if that's the case she gets put up for another role or how does this happen because it's tough you know, to kind of just shut her out completely. This is a really good question and it's a really critical question because if
1: you look at the same predict it right next to predictit.com's great big you know this is who might or might not be fed chair there's a little there's a little square to the right that has the probability of being confirmed as vice chair of supervision and brainerd is hovering around 61%. Mm-hmm. in other words there's even doubt because of the strength of the us lobby uh, the us banking lobby the conventional banking system lobby because even if you just push through with the next round of of fed reforms of fed intrusion into short rate markets you've i mean you've got the reverse repo facility that basically we know has been unleashed unhinged there's no ceiling they'll 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 raise the ceiling if need be you've got the standing repo facility as well that's been institutionalized the next step down the road is central clearing of treasuries which even though it's an unprofitable line of business for the primary brokers, those 17, 19 Mm -hmm. um, big banks that interact directly with the Federal Reserve and the open market operations, they don't necessarily want to be factored out of that equation via central clearing of treasuries. And that's something that the group of 30 has already put a white paper out on, authored by Timothy Geithner, of all people, thank you that has already endorsed moving ahead with that. So we don't have another March 2020 moment when the long bond freezes in trading in Asia overnight. Uh, So, but the banks are already focused on this next step to say nothing of central bank digital currency. So that's why I think her odds of even being renominated as vice chair are potentially at risk. And I think that you would have to give that to Elizabeth Warren as at least a consolation prize. And I recently published uh, something called Game of Drones. I'm happy for you to share it with your premium whomevers that, um, that, that actually goes through why Lale Brainerd might not want the consolation prize to begin with. We have to remember that she is half of a very political couple in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Her husband, who does not share the last her, the, the same last name she does, is one of Biden's top advisors on China. So he's already got a great position in this administration. But you have to ask yourself, because she publicly contributed to Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, yep. and it was a very controversial moment at that time inside the Fed that she did that, that there was some, she was ostracized to a certain extent at that moment. Because
0: the full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website,